Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, and you are listening to CraftCast. And on today's show, I'll be talking to the founder and publisher of Skirt, the magazine and website, Ms. Nikki Harden, as well as lots of other news to share. So let's get started. Show number 166. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh oh. I'm gonna dig within myself. Uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen, you can learn to create something new. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Oh, yes, I'm back for another week here at the Craftcast Studio. Uh, actually, when you're listening to this, I will be uh, in California. Oh, I always love to go. It's my second home, East Coast, West Coast. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy that. And I'll be out there visiting with some artists who are putting together some live classes for all you guys, as well as seeing my son, who is in a uh, interesting show. It's called a panto, which I had never heard of before. But a panto, not to be confused with pantomime, is a show done in England, usually around the holiday times or around the holiday times, where it is they take a uh, fairy tale of some sort and turn it into something uh, current. But there's lots of audience participation, from what I understand. You get to talk to the actors. So, (laughs) a Snow White Christmas, my son, Mr. Prince Harry. I guess we leave out the mister in this case. So that'll be fine. I'll be doing that. And I'm looking forward to, oh, you know, some California sunshine. What can I tell you? I love New England, but I love California sunshine. So there you go. Uh, So what else is happening here at the CraftCast studio? Classes have been going on weekly. We've been having a Yahoo time. Uh, You can always check them out over at www.craftcast.com. But I don't think I've told you all about a free event coming up. On December 13th, it is a virtual online live book signing party with me, uh, yours truly, and Mr. Patrick Cusick, who is a wonderful jewelry artist, and he has a new book coming out, uh, Beautiful Jewelry. It's called Woodland Chic. So I thought, you know what? Let's do a holiday party, and then uh, the book will be for sale. You'll show some new things, um, a new little tip, some pictures out of the book. Uh, People can purchase the book that night at a great savings and um, write what they want, uh, the signature, you know, you can make it out to them. I thought, we'll have fun. We'll drink virtual cocktails. (laughs) Yes, I know I spend a lot of time at the computer, but come on over. The best place to sign up for that is, uh, you can find it at the craftcast.com site or just send me an email, allison at craftcast.com. Make sure in the subject line it says, save my seat. And then you'll get the link and um, we're going to have a good time. There's tons of people already RSVP'd. Uh, So that's going on. Uh, And I have some books though to share. First, I'm going to do the website I wanted to share because I forgot to do this last week. Uh, website to check out, wordly.net, word with L-E, W-O-R-D-L-E.net. This is an interactive 
design site where you put in a bunch of words or a paragraph of type or your favorite poem or something you wrote, and it randomizes a design, a type design. So if you're into any kind of type designs, which I grew up loving the form of type, working with all the different fonts. Uh, This is great fun, and you can color it how you want, and blah, 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 it's really fun. And then save it, print it, do a screenshot, save it as a screensaver. Anyway, it's definitely a fun thing. If you're like me, I do enjoy watching the TV at night and the uh, different... um, American Idol, X Factor shows, but I sort of have to have my iPod and um, iPad in my hand doing other things that are interesting. <laughs> this is one of those things you could play with that way. Uh, definitely fun. Wordly.net. Uh, and then books. Okay, I'm reading <clears throat> Michael Crichton wrote probably his most famous book is Jurassic Park, which is not the one that I loved the most at all, but I loved reading his books. He died, unfortunately, in 2008, I believe. Um, you know, just all of a sudden from cancer, I believe, um, unexpected. And he was a, I believe, I know he was a doctor. He might've been also a surgeon, but he wrote, I loved his, loved his books. Anyway, there must've been one that was almost done. So someone finished it, uh, for him, with him. I don't know how that actually goes, but, um, and it's called Micro. Uh, and I just love it. Just telling you if you're anyone out there, a Michael Crichton fan, this is, he really pushes the boundaries of imagination and science. This author always did. And uh, I'm enjoying this. So it's about people who get shrunk really small, but it's not corny. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, I've been enjoying that. Uh, but then now I have a crafting book to share with you. <clears throat> I'm not a beater, N O T, not. And I don't mean that like K-N-O-T. I don't mean to make a pun. Uh, But that being said, I'm looking at it right now. I just got a copy of Sherry Serafina's Sensational Bead Embroidery. 25 inspiring jewelry projects. I could almost take a beating. I'm just saying. I could almost maybe give this a shot. Uh, But if someone just wants to make something up for me because they love beading, I'm looking at the Rockstar Cuff. And it's pretty fabulous. Uh, matter of fact, there's another cuff in there as well that I also love. I can't remember the name of it right now. The Rockstar Cuff obviously appealed to me. Here it is. Fade to Gray Cuff. Uh, they are so fabulous. There's freeform necklaces. Um, yeah, classy lady next piece. <clears throat> really, really, really beautiful projects that I think are current and interesting. I'm loving those cuffs. So, anywho, if you've been thinking about beading, now, I don't know. It looks like all the instructions are there and pictures and all of that. So, but like I said, this is not my thing, so I don't know um, how easy or hard it is, but it sure is inspiring to look at. I don't know. I'd give it a shot. I'm telling you. wouldn't normally bead, but I'm really thinking about it. So, there you go. Sherry Serafina, Sensational Bead Embroidery. Uh, it also gives inspiration for other jewelry ideas as well. So, uh, And if you want the link to that, come over to craftcast.com, and you can easily get that link right into Amazon. Uh, so there you go. Two books, a website. Uh, and coming up is uh, a very interesting woman, Nikki Harden, uh, who I talked to. She started a magazine called Skirt, which also is a website. She has an interesting creative background. Great fun talking to her. 
And then before I talk to Nikki, I have a, a piece of music I like. It's by Katie Pearl, and it's called I'll Be Waiting. So enjoy that and come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Nikki Harden. You can leave the light on when you leave I won't turn it off You can lock the door and take the key yourself in
back again to talk to someone who I love reading what she has to say. I know all of you out there do as well. Uh, My next guest is founder, publisher of Skirt Magazine. Love that name. She's a writer and editor. I love how she calls herself a blue Kentucky girl exiled in South Carolina. She's a country mouse longing for a penthouse, sometime recluse, sometimes party girl. Welcome, Nikki Harden, to the uh, Crapcast today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so my pleasure. I would love... First, let's get into some of your background and how Skirt the Magazine was born. Are you lying in bed one night and just say, aha? (laughs) No. Actually, everybody asks that, and I think people always think that there's some epiphany or light bulb or something, but it was really a gradual process. I was doing freelance writing. I was really dissatisfied with the kinds of jobs that I had to do, like real estate brochures and annual reports, and I was just in a car with a friend of mine one day, and I just said, I just wish I could do a magazine, you know? And he said, well, why don't you? And um, so it sort of just burrowed into my brain and just kept taking baby steps toward it. And at first it was going to be a newsletter that I sent out to just friends or something, and then I met this great, talented graphic designer, art director, and she agreed to design it for me, and it turned into a magazine. And she is still with us, by the way. That's always a good story. Yeah. But but now, did you have magazines in your background or did you no, you didn't no. I well I was um a book editor in the DC area for a while but I had no journalism background or magazine experience um I was basically an English major and um just the only magazine experience I had is actually when I was growing up as a kid I was obsessed with the magazines that my mother and my grandmother used to get, and I would cut This is out what and, I'm talking yeah, about. This yeah. is what I mean. <laughs> well, because I do think about that a lot, because recently I've been reading a lot of things that say, think about what your childhood passion was, yes. and let that be a clue to what you might be doing today, you know? Oh, you're my kind of girl, Nikki. <laughs> I, you know what I say? Go look. This is what I did. This is my thing. If you were in Girl Scouts, go look at your Girl Scout sash and see what badges you got. Exactly. And it's amazing. It's uncanny how often that will, it either you look back and it's worked out that way, or you can see a path that you can take yes. based on what you loved as a child. I agree. 110%. All right. So now what magazines were your mother and grandmother cutting up? Oh, my gosh. McCall's, Good right. Housekeeping, Red Book. And I love, they, I'm so old. They had Betsy McCall paper dolls in the back of the magazine. And, but I would also cut out just pictures of models. And then I would create these families of paper dolls, you know, that would have these intricate, ongoing, days ongoing adventures, you know, that I would create for them. Your own reality so. TV show. <laughs> yes. I, I'm laughing because I'm with you. I understand. I used to lurk, lurk, stalk the newsstands waiting for the latest issues of things to come in. Oh, yes. I know. I know. And that, uh, so I've always loved magazines and um, just felt like I, I was stupid enough to think, well, maybe I can do that. And the thing was, we, Caitlin, um, my art director, and I didn't even know how to charge for an ad or what ad sizes should be or anything. We just made it all up. And Basically, it kind of worked. But we were, you know, we were lucky because there was a niche right then where there were no magazines like this out in the country at all. And I know that sounds impossible, but there really were not. No, let's talk about that because that is so important when people people find, I love you said it the French way, um, (laughs) not your niche. Uh, Because what did you see? What was the niche? What did you see? Well, I was living, I had moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and I was... I felt I had nothing to read. The local newspaper had, like, recipe pages in it for women. 
um, there was uh, maybe an entertainment um, kind of city paper thing here, but there wasn't anything really aimed at women or catering to women. And it was in the South. It was in um, 1994, which was still really conservative here, and it's still conservative here. So um, I wanted to publish something that I wanted to read. So, And I think this is so interesting because... I, I know you've probably been reading about Steve Jobs. And, yes. Okay. Well, I was reading his um, uh, Ten Commandments, and he said, don't do focus groups because people don't know what they want until you give it to them. <laughs> I know. I love that. <laughs> I mean, and if I had done a focus group about this magazine, it would never have been published because people thought I was crazy. No, I hear you. Because it's really more what you want to know from people is where is their pain? What are they yes. missing? Not yeah. what do they want because they won't be able to make up something. That's not their job. Exactly, exactly. So um, that's kind of how it all began. And, and what was it that was driving you that you wanted to read or that you needed to say? I wanted to hear more women's voices. You know, I wanted to, um, I, I love reading essays by women, personal essays. And um, I just felt that everything that, I could buy national women's magazines, but I wanted something that was local and authentic and just different from anything else that was out there. Right. So, I, and I really, it was hard for me to articulate. I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't exactly put it in words. So, and I know that goes counter to everything you're taught, that you should be able to put your mission in two sentences, um, have a business plan. I had none of that. It was just all intuition. Well, you know what I've discovered? Because I, you do need to have a plan of where you're going, but it doesn't look like the plan that you know, right. people think that's supposed to be, you need an MBA for. Exactly, exactly. And I think you know, my life would have been much easier if I had had a business plan and plenty of capital, but it just didn't work out that way. Right. You know? I understand. It's just you go for it anyway. Yeah. It's the whole deal. Now, what, who would you say your audience is age-wise? Well, I would say they're probably any the bulk from 35 to 55, maybe. You know, um, we have readers on either end of that. We have from college students on up to um, women who are retired or older. But that's where the majority of our audience is right now. Got it. Because I'm always wondering what, here's why where I'm going with this question. You grew up, I grew up, we grew up with Ms. Magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that was my first, I mean, really fall in love with feminism thing. Exactly. Where do you think, where is feminism right now? What would the t-shirts say on a 20-something if we had to print them up for them? I, I think it would say something about shopping. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very frustrating um, because I don't, I don't see feminism as being as strong as it was. Is when, it good that it isn't because it's gone? Maybe I don't. I can't figure it out. I don't know if I'm just an old fogey, or but I do get really frustrated when when women don't get upset at losing rights or having them eroded, and it just seems like there's a lot of apathy around that right now. Um, and you know, maybe it's inevitable. And who and maybe, would be their their leaders right now? I mean, I I just find this fascinating. I knew you'd be the person to have this kind of conversation with. I mean, we. Are there strong leaders like we had at that time period that are out there? Exactly. And you know what else is disturbing is for women like Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi to be just thought of as complete bitches. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it blows my mind. Um, so, but we don't have that same generation of Bella Abzug, um, Gloria Steinem, um, 
it, it's, they, it's just not there. I wonder why that is, though. There has to be a reason for it, because I, I'm looking myself, and I, like, I don't know, am I not seeing it, because I'm not that age, or is it not there? I'm, I, don't, I don't think it's, I think there's a small group of young women who are committed to that, but I think most younger women feel like they, they've won the rights, that they are right. not missing anything. Which know? is good. Yeah, and maybe it's true. I don't know. Could be a good thing. Well, now, so in skirt, do you like to, where do you like to have the majority of focus of articles on? Well, in the beginning, it was um, kind of a little bit all over the place, but I would say that our core thing about Skirt are the personal essays, and we have a theme every month, and then that's right. tied, the essays are tied to the theme. But, you know, it's, there's a little bit of something for everyone in there, and uh, I do try, we do get letters that say they're too liberal, too feminist, not very often, but, you know, when I get a letter like that, I feel good. Yeah, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I got a letter from somebody saying that we were too liberal because we, we mentioned uh, biofuels or something. It's like, are you kidding me? I, I don't know. That was weird. But I, f- I feel like we are living in a very conservative era and a very conservative part of the country, Charleston is. And so okay. it's, uh, you know, uh, you have to take a... The feminism with a spoonful of sugar makes the feminism go down. So there yeah. have to be other things. It can't be like Ms. Magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there the, do you, is there a, like in magazines, the, the place that's the most popular that people read first that you know? I really don't know. I, it's hard for me to figure that out because um, once I've finished an issue, I can hardly bear to talk about it. I understand. <laughs> And it's it's unclear to me what people like, and they do hang on to it all month, though, and they seem to read it very leisurely, um, and they wait for it to come out every month, which is a great thing. So, oh yeah, it's always a good thing for that. Where do you see it going? What would be if you could just go poof? Um, I would love to have kind of a national version of it that wasn't tied necessarily to one city. You know, we're in, I think we're in seven cities now. And so part of the content is local geared to each city and part of it is not local. Um, and I would love to have some version of that. I I don't know how that could happen, but I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, uh, it's hard to say it's 17 years old and you kind of get to a point where you almost have to reinvent yourself. Right. I know which I think we're kind of doing right now. My art director and I had a meeting today at Starbucks away from the office, and, you know, we both agreed that we periodically have to just have to turn our heads around about it and get our enthusiasm back because when you do something for that long, you get the danger is you get into a rut. Sure. And I'm very bored. I like to change things out all the time. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of creativity is, like, you got to challenge yourself. Isn't the latest that I love that... Steve Jobs said is stay young, stay foolish. Oh, yes. I mean, that you see it again, not the latest thing you said, but you know. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I do too. That is a great line. It is because it's easy not to stay that way. And he, well, he had so many great things that way. I'm obviously a very big fan. Well, now let's talk about, well, first let's tell everyone if they want to um, take a look at skirt.com, what's the best way for them to check it out? Um, well, the website is skirt.com, and then there is a place on there where you can see, actually see, there's like a kind of a flip book of the Charleston issue that has all the um, editorial in it because the website is very different from the mag- the print magazine. Right. Um, it's, it's not exactly, I don't have anything to do with the website, but um, that's run by our corporate owners. But um, there is a place on there where you can see the actual magazine. Cool. So everyone should check out skirt.com. Yes. All right. Now let's talk about your blog. Well, I actually... Be- 
FridaVille.com is my blog, and it's kind of inspired by Frida Kahlo's creativity and, um, you know, coloring outside the lines. But before that, my first blog was called Muse to Muse. And um, I had a friend here who was moving to Prague, and we were just kind of inseparable um, creative soulmates. And so we decided three weeks before she moved that we would create this blog where we would each go on and post something every night based on the theme of the day we picked, and then we would read it the next day. And so we kept that going for about 18 months until she had a baby and she just couldn't do that every day anymore. So then I um, started... um, freedeville.com, which is a place where I put writing that really doesn't fit in skirt, and it's also a way for me to have a kind of an escape from skirt that's more, it's more personal. Well, I like and, this tagline, where my imagination rents a room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really have, um, there are periods I go through where I don't do very much with it, and then other periods where I'm just, you know, posting every day. So um, it's, it's just been a little bit of a personal escape for me. A personal escape that you're still willing to share with everyone. Yes, but you know, it's funny. What, because Skirt is, you know, started in Charleston, and I know people, so many people here, when a print edition comes out, it, it's like, ugh, I don't have any anonymity. But for me, being online, there seems to be a sense of anonymity, psychically, anyway. I don't think In a good about, way, you're saying that. Yeah, yeah. And I, it doesn't make any rational sense, but to me, it's like I'm anonymous when I'm online. Mm. And I don't have to see people's reactions or, you know, it's just, I just am writing, so... It's it is, very well, freeing. It's an interesting phenomenon, absolutely, blogs and all of that. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, it still creates community, though, because other people... Uh, exactly. You know, hear your voice and want to hear more of it. So it's it's very interesting from that point of view as well. Well, I really like doing it, and I wish there were some way I could um, expand it or make money or something. Yeah. But as as right now, that doesn't seem like possible. You know, I'm, I don't know. Making money online is kind of hard unless you're doing what you're doing, teaching classes, or yes. you have a product to sell or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a big shift towards that because we're able yeah. to create community um, worldwide. Yeah. And it, you know, I think it just keeps unfolding how that'll be, but it certainly is a, a, a great outlet that way. Well, how do you get, um, where do you get your, I always call it going to the filling station, if you're out there being creative, where, how do you get refueled? Well, I, you know, I've actually been going through a really, a spell where I felt like I had used every word in the dictionary and had nothing else to say or write. And those are always scary periods for me because I feel like I'll never come out of it again, you know. Um, So what I do is I read a lot of things that are unrelated to what I do. Um, I, I uh, Traveling does that for me because it gets me out of Charleston and out of my own head. And I just went to visit my friend who I had my first blog with in London and stayed with her and her husband and children. And it was, I came back so inspired and, you know, just charged up. Rejuvenated. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes, when I get in one of these funks, it takes a while to get out of it sometimes. And I, I feel a little hope that I'm coming out of it finally. Well, I hope so, too. I always think the way I rationalize that is it's all part of a circle. You sort of have to go through that to get to the other side. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, when you're in it, you just forget that. And I know. You forget that you've been there before and you've come out of it before. Isn't it silly how that is? And yet yeah. we know it. But it's really hard. We sit there and go, I've been here before. It'll change. I've been here before. It'll change. It'll I change. know. <laughs> Will it oh, change? Will know, it change? <laughs> for me, actually, I'm a very, um, I'm kind of a hermit. I like to, you know, 
do my own thing, but collaboration is really recharges me. Like I said, I had a meeting today with art director, and when we can bounce ideas off of each other, sure. it just gets me going, and we forget to do it. You know, we get so caught up in just day-to-day stuff, we forget that we need to take the time to do that. That's true for all artists and everything, yeah. and because we tend to be, in order to create, you sort of have to be alone a lot. Exactly. But it's so, um, I think I used to be afraid of collaboration because it, seemed like competition to me. Mm. And then um, when I started doing skirt and working with Caitlin, our personalities and our ideas, just such a jigsaw fit, you know, that it became clear to me that in the best collaborations, it expands your abilities. It doesn't, you know, take anything away from you. It builds up your own talent. That's a very good comment. I like hearing that. I agree. It feels, it resonates and it makes you bigger. Yeah, and it's really, it's it's difficult to find, I think, sometimes the right people to do that with. And I think it's like, if you're a writer, you have to be careful about who you show your work to. And it's, collaboration is the same thing. I think you really need to be simpatico, you know, and you know when that happens. Well, but you brought up something I also, another interesting topic, which is um, competition in females. Yeah. Well, I have to plead guilty to that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's really embarrassing for me, and I do get very competitive, and uh, I hate when I get jealous of other people's talent because it just is, um, you know, it poisons me. It doesn't hurt them. Exactly. So, um, yeah, <laughs> and I think it's a problem for women in general. It is. I think so, too. Why is that? I, I think it goes back to, you know, boys are brought up on team sports and we're not. Yeah, I do, too. I agree. I never did any sports, much less team sports, when I was a kid and uh, didn't. I just didn't learn, and I think that's a big criticism of women in the workplace, and I think it's pretty much a valid criticism sometimes that we are our own worst enemies. Yeah, it's a definite um, challenge for sure. Yeah. We don't have some of those skills that men naturally got during the sport thing. I agree. Yeah, no, I think that the, um, the, the, the competition is, it's like we don't have the tools to make that work so we sort of sit uncomfortably until we wrestle it down yeah and i think that we forget that there's such a thing as healthy competition or maybe we never learned it or something i don't know again that's sports yeah it's it's really i mean i look at my goddaughters and my granddaughter and they're playing soccer and volleyball and i mean it's so healthy mentally it's amazing and they're such strong girls yeah it's inspiring i was very athletic but there weren't Sports necessary. Well, actually, what there wasn't was a sports bra, and that sort of kept me from doing it all. But I was a cheerleader. <laughs> oh, I was too. Okay. I wanted to be there, and I always had that part in me, you know, but there wasn't yeah. really a sport that I could do. But I was out there one way or the other, you know. I just kind of confined myself actually to dating football players. So I guess that counts. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, how we make it through all of that. Yeah. Well, now tell me, what do you think about, let's just talk fashion for a second, because you said okay. before, women buying clothes and all of that. Yeah. What, what's your pulse on fashion right now, and what are young women trying to say with their fashion? Is there a, is there a well, heading? Well, I don't think there's, I think there's a lot of conformity in fashion, don't you? I mean, I look at all the magazines, and it's, if you go to Elle and Vogue and, uh, I don't know, anything else, it's, it's like they're showing the same things. Well, and, we know they have to eventually show the same yeah, things. I mean, my son's exactly. 25, and he's loving stuff, and I'm looking at it going, okay, yeah. that's when I was 17. That's the 70s. Yeah. It's back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But I love fashion. I'm I'm totally addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm not sure that there's a lot of self-expression going on. I want, maybe it's because I live in the South. It's, it's a little bit more conformity here. What's the look there? Mm, well, it, it's, not, it's not high fashion, but women are very fashion conscious, con- conscious and we have some incredible shops here um, that are national level, um, but they're owned locally. So mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really pretty inspiring. So I, there's one shop I go into all the time called RTW, and it's like you're going into a fashion museum. It's, mm. and, and that kind of thing inspires me, too, as yeah. a writer. I love looking at clothes and textures, and I love going to art galleries because it's apart from what I do, but it inspires me Absolutely. in what I do. Absolutely. So, well, New yeah. York women have their own look, and it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, California, um, New York, it's a definite, easy one to... Yeah. Someone um, in our office went to the Alexander McQueen show in uh, New York, and I just bought his book, and the book about that show, and oh my God, he was amazing. Just the vision, and his clothes certainly weren't um, like anybody else's ever. Well, it makes you sort of look down at your own clothes at that point and going... I know. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I know. I need a cage for my head. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you know that is so funny? Because depending on where you live, I spent some time out in Vegas with my son, and by the end of the week, I realized I needed to wear less clothing, and I had to go get false eyelashes. I felt (laughs) just wrong. (laughs) Oh, God. And I really believed myself. It wasn't like I was kidding. I was like, I better go get some false eyelashes. I'm like, did you just hear what you said? (laughs) I know. So a cage for your head, I understand. Oh, my God, yeah. It's, you know, you're living within someone else's passion like that, and it, you look down and go, wow, I could certainly perk this up a bit. Well, and I love, the, I love reading his quotes in this book about uh, how, what his vision is, and it's, it's been really inspiring. I love the book. Yeah, you know what? I, I think didn't you you put that on your blog, didn't you? That you yeah, were, I did. yeah, you did. Okay. I put it on skirt or something. Yeah, yeah. I have to go get that because I love that kind of inspiration as well. Well, now, are you inspired by any of the uh, reality shows today on TV? Are you a fan of any of them? Um, I used to watch um, obsessively t- uh, Top Chef, Project mm-hmm. Runway. Oh, you did Project oh. Runway, yeah. Um, the flipping the house thing. I, I was, can't believe I watched that too. <laughs> but I have to admit, this is like so embarrassing. I stopped watching television exactly a year ago, and I haven't. Ha- I had it on once. I've had it on once in a year to watch a Keith Richards interview on sixty Minutes, and I don't know. I don't keep up with it anymore, and I'm kind of feeling like I need to get back into. Wait, you've had it off for a year. I love that. Yeah, really. Uh, Did you make a a, a, a statement to yourself? I'm not going to turn this on. Um, well, I, I last year I went through like kind of a bad period where someone I'd been very close to died, and I my whole life just turned upside down. And I I was sitting there, and I, I just thought I was going to turn the TV on or something. I thought I can't. There's too much too noise much. in my life, you yes, know. I can't yes, absorb yes. anything else. Yes. So I feel kind of bad about it because I feel like I should be more glued to CNN the way I used to be. But yeah. and I may get back into it, but it, it's been a peaceful year, I have to say. That's very inspiring right there, because, you know, I was looking at CNN just yesterday and noticing that I was at the gym, I had my earphones on listening to my own music, watching the TV screen at CNN, which had a ticker tape above, a ticker tape below, and people talking in the middle. And I really looked at the whole thing, and I thought... Human beings are not geared for this. No, I really, I agree so much. And I also feel like I was getting to the point where I was absorbing so much bad news every day that I couldn't do anything about that I was just so stressed out all the time. Yeah, no, I hear you. I just needed a break from it. 
Well, that's very inspiring. I mean, I did take a break, but I was forced to over the, the summer, and I went away, and there was no TV, no internet, no phone, no oh, nothing. God. Yeah. And I literally paced around in my inn in the room, and then I went into sort of nervous laughter because I just thought, I can't believe this. What did people do before all of that? I know. <laughs> I know. If I didn't have my computer, I would be, I would be a nervous wreck. Yeah, see, yeah. I rely on that in my Kindle constantly. Yeah, yeah. And and I finally chilled down and and realized that I found some old Architectural Digest, and then (laughs) I fell in love back with reading a full article. I know. And isn't it hard when you... I found my attention span was just decreasing, 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 because I'm used to reading paragraphs. Yes. Oh, it's, it's embarrassing. I don't know what it is, but it is what's up now is is for sure. Yeah. And um and I keep taking a look at it because there is more to life than that only one paragraph. I know. I go um I was pretty much obsessed with Daily Beast for a while uh-huh, online. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. And then I just thought I am reading paragraphs every day. I don't know anything about anything. I know a yep. little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's to become of us? I don't know. But we are having a good time through it all, and somehow we still stay on the creative edge, and you have, and that's always wonderful to see women out there doing it. So, uh, And oh, it's always you. inspiring, and I appreciate it, and I know lots of women do as well. So let's tell everyone one more time. Um, I've been talking to Nikki Harden from Skirt Magazine. You can go on to skirt.com uh, and just also type in her name, and you'll get her blog that comes up. So it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Nikki. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Oh, good. um, I will stay tuned to your website to see what's going on. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed my talk with Ms. Nikki Harden. I know I did. Had a few laughs. Always enjoy that. And you can get a link over at the craftcast.com site for everything we talked about, including uh, her site. So come on over and check that out. Okay, so I was thinking about, for today's ET, Entertaining Thoughts section of the show, um, what I wanted to talk about today, and I have a little bit of pet peeve, pet peeve I wanted to bring up. Uh, there's a, a line, you'll be familiar with it, that I see popping up, and certainly on Facebook, here and there, and it goes like this, leap and the net will appear. You've seen it, right? I know you have. Uh, <clears throat> now... I'm probably one of the most optimistic people you'll ever meet. But my issue with this uh, saying, leap and the net will appear, sort of make it, makes it seem like it's a magic trick that, um, you know, I keep thinking about when you go to Cirque du Soleil or you go to um, Big Apple Circus or something, someone jumps from above and there's the net and they bounce just lying on their back and then pop off. So... I like to put a little other descriptor onto this saying, leap and the net will appear. And this is what it is. The net doesn't necessarily look like that at all. (laughs) The net is not something that you bounce gently on and on your back and then, you know, roll forward off to the side and go, wee, that was fun. (laughs) So, and I think that's what gets in people's way. So they say, I tried it and it didn't work. No net appeared. So what I'm here to say this week is it's not about a magic trick. You have to go, and I love a good magic trick, but you got to go someplace where there's a big sign on top that says magic tricks inside. But think of it more as leap 
and other, other opportunities will arise that I am ready for, but might not feel like a cozy, comfy net, like a hammock to just plop in. <laughs> so we're not leaping into the hammock is all I'm saying, people. <laughs> There's your there's your uh, your picture your visual for the week. It's not leap into the hammock. It's leap out into the universe and try something, and uh, it'll take you on the next path. So there you go. I've shared with you my pet peeve of the week. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming back each week and listening. Uh, you know you can find me at Allison at craftcast.com. You can also give me a call at 877-819-1859. Come on over. There's still two more classes in December. And then in January, beginning of January, I'll be teaching a class all about the seven things you must know before you build that artist website. Please, please, please come to this class if you're thinking about building your site or updating it. Don't want to miss that. As well as make sure and send me an email, save my seat in the headline and come on to the free cocktail party on the 13th. Uh, And then on the um, 12th and on the 7th, there's still two more classes, um, wonderful classes. One is Barbara Becker Simon. She's going to be showing you how to make this crazy, fabulous ring for metal clay. I'm just saying, I want one. And then the following week with Seth Saverick, he is showing how to make from polymer clay fabulous big bracelet. I want both of them. This is why this this is why the classes I pick. <laughs> so there you go. So again, thanks a lot for coming over and you know what I have to say. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself